Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 1st of November 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 357. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. Just 53 days until Christmas. It's 10.02 hours early record today, having to move Everything around the show recording and the run both happening this morning because I've got my flu jab in the early afternoon and uh, then I'm planning on going to the cafe. So I've just switched my day around. Now that I have, actually, I'm quite looking forward to this afternoon. Had a, well, it was a quiet weekend, a boring weekend, and I'm, I'm thankful that I went into it having achieved my, my target uh, on Friday's run 15 and a half K that was covered in Friday's Patreon episode 356 a 48 minute exclusive for show supporters you can unlock that at patreon.com forward slash DRT available so I think my weekend would have been worse had I failed with that it was a it was a slow time as covered in episode 356 it's very boggy out there now and I just don't have the running shoes to go any faster right now in those conditions last monday 25th of october on my penultimate run no not my penultimate run of october it was the i still had three left last week it was around 1745 hours of course if i run at that time now with the clocks having gone back which i uh, put back on saturday just so i didn't forget again and uh makes for a very long saturday but worth doing and uh it was last monday Around 1745 hours, a South London Hall of Fame entry. Two guys, 30-somethings, clad in that distinctive transpontine uniform, the grey cotton tracksuit. Both were smoking a joint as they pushed a toddler each in their buggies. And that was a new one on me. Those infants won't pass any drugs test. That was my uh, initial thoughts on that. Those are the SW9 influencers. Bell ringing in the park now as well. Got shut in the park several times during last winter's uh, meltdown. Certainly was a meltdown. So I've got to work out what time I need to be in the park, what time I need to be out of the park by. And given how lengthy Friday evenings uh, runs now are, I've got to really work out how I'm going to do that. The evening runs do suit me, but obviously winter time, unless I'm going to start running out in the streets again which I'm not too keen on because I don't think it's great for the joints and also, you know, I have to wear that high-vis vest. It's just a very extrovert, a very extrovert look for an introvert. After getting back on Friday evening, I did, uh, you know, I did the show episode 356. I did that to tide me over what was likely to be another dull weekend. I was talking about how I'd like to make it to the cafe at the weekend, but, you know, weighing up 
the whole thing about doing something that was going to make me feel better and was going to help me do some good work, weighing that against, you know, the money situation. I'd woken up early on Saturday, but not early enough to make it as early as I would have wanted to into the cafe, because I really find that early morning Saturday writing session in the cafe, I just find it really satisfying. It's it's one of the great writing sessions of my life. And I I'd love to have that back in my life on a regular basis, but uh, Saturday at the moment, just beyond me. I think if I do it once every couple of weeks for now until hopefully I can sort myself out financially, that will be enough. But it was a it was a boring weekend, and it's when I stop doing anything that I I recognise how tired my body is because I just seem to, unless I'm keeping busy, I just seem to become very lethargic. And I found myself thinking, how many more boring weekends must I endure before I turn things around, you know? And and, and what can you do right now? Because I think, I, I saw the stats for, for COVID yesterday. I think it works out at around one in 60 or 62 people in the UK at the moment have COVID. So how do you build a social life in this pandemic era? There's... Uh, there was a writing call out from a from a particular theatre. They've got a submission window open and I was looking at their questions and they want you to tell them what plan you have in place should another COVID emergency arise. And it's a valid question and it's one I've given thought to, but I've not actually been able to come up with a plan. It wants to know how you're going to keep your performers safe. Well, if I'm working with younger performers which I would be in part for, for some of these roles. I don't know how they feel about getting the vaccine. I don't know what the take-up, the vaccine take-up is in that age group. And I don't know what theatres are doing in terms of audience, how, they, how they're keeping the audience safe. So it just strikes me that right now in terms of theatre, it's a little premature, probably. I really I think I'm going to wait until the new year stroke spring to see how things are going there, what theatres are doing and, and see what other opportunities maybe come up. Right now it's just going to be uh, too much and I want to focus on the other two projects which I think uh, are more manageable at uh, at this stage. So I'm really looking forward to the cafe this afternoon. Thought I was going to cough there. Might need to cough. Do I need to cough? I don't think I need to cough. I don't think it's coming through. So I'm looking forward to the cafe this afternoon. I'm going to savour that I'm going to go for the flu jab in the left arm, even though it's still giving me trouble. I've been doing those physio exercises. I need to get a bottle of water because one requires you to do, it's five exercises. I'm only doing four because the weights I have are too heavy for the fifth exercise. So I'm going to buy a big bottle of water, empty some of that out, drink it, whatever. And once it's half empty, then I'm going to try and do that particular exercise with that. Got a couple of friends coming on Wednesday evening. It's something that fell through last month with one of them. So I'm a bit anxious about that because of, uh, well, partly my OCDs, partly because, you know, it means buying food in to, to make dinner for these guys, which is fair enough. Probably have to get some alcohol too for them. And, you know, it's a flat and I worry about noise. And also, you know, the OCDs, uh, are they going to come in with their shoes one of them doesn't because he's been here now a couple of times, but will the other one wear the shoes? And also, 
in the case of the one who hasn't been here before, he comes from a lovely home that he's he's got and he's worked hard for and he's going to be coming into their stump and you think, what are they going to make of this? What are they going to say to their wife and kids when they get back home? So there's that kind of thing. So although I can't make a, a flat look good, there is a... I suppose... I'm, I'm not sure if I'm house proud. I'm house ashamed, I think. Flat ashamed. And uh, partly why I keep people out. I've just never known how to how to run a, a flat. It basically looks like an office. There's paperwork everywhere, piles of paperwork now, books everywhere. Hey, at least I... Well, actually, I'm not sure it's a working microwave right now. It's uh, didn't really heat up the pizza to the extent I was after last night, the uh, second half of the Saturday, Sloth Saturday Calzone. So I hope I don't have to spend money on a new microwave come the new year. Uh, winter coat. First of November, I thought I'd be wearing the winter coat, but it's pretty mild out there right now. I think I remember 2013 was the only time in the last decade or so where I've gone pre-November with the winter coat. It's going to be the, I forgot what it's called, it's the classic 70s winter coat that I got. I removed the excessive hood fur, which was always blinding me. I removed that a couple of uh, winters ago and I kind of look like Aslan now when he was captured by the, uh, the, the the snow witch whatever her name is and the, you know they shaved off his mane it's not my favorite winter coat but it's an effective one lots of uh, pockets as well you can stick all your stuff in there and your books I thought I'd go in there today into the cafe today with the winter coat uh, my only doubt about that was they might think oh look just because it's November he's wearing the winter coat it might have been too big a moment but it just doesn't feel that cold out there i think yesterday was a bit colder i've done a twitter poll and i'm hoping to bring you the final result before i finish uh, recording today i'm going to see how long is left there are 22 minutes left so i'll be able to give you the result of this twitter poll let me just refresh that page so i asked who will be bringing out their winter coats today the options were yes it's the first of november that's got 27.8 percent no it's not cold enough 72.2 percent looking now with 22 minutes left like it's gonna be a no when i go out for my um pre-lunch time run i'll gauge how it's feeling out there but yeah it doesn't look likely that i'll be wearing the winter coat today a little disappointed by that there was a tweet from panistroglodytes i'm from the northeast of england we don't put our coats on when it's double figures temperature or close enough i can believe that the funeral last week i got there on wednesday found a quiet spot to have some sandwiches first time i've had sandwiches in a long time for me, it's something I tend to do when I'm with a man. And, you know, I do find I I think sandwiches are overrated, but then maybe that's colored by the fact that I like to keep my sandwiches that I'm going to have in a public place. I like to keep them simple because chances are you might be eating at your desk or in public and you don't want to pack them in like a Subway sandwich and things are going to be falling out. If I was in the flat, yeah, you know, and I was inclined towards the sandwich, the sandwiches would be more interesting and also more difficult to eat, but no one's seen it, so who cares? Just eat in whatever ugly style you want to eat that sandwich in. But I just had some cheese and ham in it. It was just to basically suppress any hunger pains during the uh, during the funeral I almost went into the wrong funeral beforehand didn't realize that the funeral was running late and um, I had to get to Merton so I got a tube to Morden 
And then I had to find this bus I've never taken before, bound for Epsom. So I had to get the 293. I asked uh, a couple of women around the back of Morden Town Hall. They were smokers. I asked them if they could tell me where the 293 was. They directed me. I got on the 293 very quickly. And it actually left me just across the road from the cemetery. Whereas on the map, it looked daunting. It looked like it was going to be a long walk. It was the seven-stroke, eight-minute walk that it did say online when I checked it out well I didn't actually check it out I have to confess I, I got the um the friend who was burying his mother um, and I apologized to him the following day for uh, troubling him as to bus details and route details the night before he was burying uh, the most important person in his life I just can't get on with maps and I told him look don't do the google map thing for me I'm a street map guy but I can't see the cemetery on street map. It's a, it's a strange cemetery in that it's got a different name, but within it, I think it's got two or three different crematoriums. So it was just a long walk once I got into the crematorium, uh, probably about a seven or eight minute walk, but straight ahead and you could see the crematorium at the end. I wouldn't want to make that walk at night, but it's a fairly nice cemetery. I noticed, and I'll come to it in a, in, in a minute, that as I was... Making my way there, I saw a lot of Japanese people in masks, and I thought, what's uh, what's going on here? I was wondering whether this was for, for my neighbour. I was wondering what the Japanese connection was there. I didn't have a black suit. I wore some black jeans, uh, wore a white shirt, black tie, navy blue jumper, got a strange look from an old school guy who turns out he's, he was the last neighbour that my deceased neighbour had. And he was in his black suit. But, uh, you know, I had my shoes on. Uh, navy blue socks. Couldn't find any black socks. Had a, well, I do have a suit, but it's a grey suit. I wasn't going to wear a grey suit to, to a funeral. And I found out that from this guy and his wife that the funeral service was running late. So I just uh, found myself a quiet spot and waited. And uh, then my old neighbours turned up, my my friend and his uh, sister. I should have hugged the sister before she did the hugging round. She hugged quite a few people and, you know, the alarm bell in my head was just going, COVID, 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 what a what a place to catch COVID. But, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a warm greeting without a specific hug. And uh, I told her, you know, I needed to, uh, I needed to come. It was good to come. And, you know, she was the most loyal reader of my mid-80s comic that came out every Friday, Scully. She was in fact the only reader. They lived on the bottom floor. I'd, I'd finish writing Scully and I'd go down the stairs, knock on their door and give it to her and then it would come back. So um, I owed her for that. And then the funeral was a lovely service. There was a, a rather moving montage showing my old neighbour. It was nothing fancy. It was a 20, 25 minute service that was also online for anyone who couldn't make it my sister was watching from the emirates uh, the montage was really moving watching my old neighbor you know various stages of her life and you know the sadness at the end to see her in a in the home she was suffering from dementia and there was a dog on her bed apparently dogs are quite helpful uh, with dementia patients and she was very close to the dog and yeah very sad but at the same time for myself i look at people like this that I had in my life. And I'm, I'm thankful that I had people like that in my life. I'm thankful that I, as much as I've hated growing old, as I keep saying, 
I'm also thankful that I grew up at a time when these communities still existed, when you would still have people like this in your life who'd keep you on the straight and narrow, who could tell you off if your parents weren't around, if they saw you in the street doing something. They they had that level of confidence with your family. It was a proper community. I've missed her in all the years I've been away from Mayflower. I hadn't seen her for a few years. It wasn't possible to see her in the in the care home either before the pandemic or during the pandemic, of course, because of her condition. And, you know, it'll be hard for her kids to get over this loss. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're lucky that we grew up in families that had very strong maternal figures who, who, who had such a big, uh, big presence in our lives. And, uh, you know, that's what I took away from that funeral and as the funeral service finished suddenly coming up that long pathway there was the spectacular visual of about 200 or so Japanese people all masked up there were women at the front dropping what looked like petals as they were walking dropping some petals behind them there was a guy on bagpipes I can't remember what he was playing but it was a a British tune well-known tune and i've forgotten what it is now but i've always liked bagpipes i I think they're really there's something really nice about them they don't need any other instrument to accompany them they're very um striking and there was a horse-drawn carriage mind you there was a horse-drawn carriage for for my neighbor there was a horse-drawn carriage but i think the limit on people was about 20 in the actual service so I don't know what these 200 people were going to do and they had their masks but they were still huddled closely together as they stopped outside the service and you know they had the masks and maybe they were double vaccinated you 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 wonder but it crossed the mind of a few people as to whether the or a new covid variant was going to be born in that crematorium that very day so it was a long day took me ages to get back my my neighbors gave me a lift back to Morden and then I had to try and get to Clapham Junction and I I took a bus that took forever to get to Streatham it was meant to go to Brixton but it actually stopped at Streatham so then I had to get another bus and then another bus it was um I had to get three buses after that whatever it's it's not interesting but it was just a long day I got back at just after 1900 hours I've got a note here, says Lenovo battery. I don't know how I go. I don't know what I was thinking when I was prepping this show. I don't know how I go from a funeral to discussing a laptop battery without a segue, but I'm just going to jump right in there and, and, and do it. I've been trying to manage my Lenovo laptop battery a bit better, and I think I'm, I'm managing it. I didn't realize that the backup battery I got only had two hours of battery life, so that was disappointing. But I haven't charged the laptop over the weekend. It's you know, well, it will have enough battery life. But this is the laptop that I bought because I'd used it with the man the last time I was there. And they're a very robust machine. You can take it anywhere and not worry about it cracking. And it's a, a brilliant laptop, but I want to try and get the most out of the batteries, which is what clinched me buying one. And at the moment, I'm not sure that I am. We'll see. Reading at the moment... Water the Deep Life of the Pond. Sorry, no, Still Water. I've really cocked that up. It's called Still Water the Deep Life of the Pond. I wrote it down here, but I didn't write the first word by John Lewis Stemple. I've sat on this book for a while. I actually took it out of Southwark Library before the pandemic. 
and I've just kept renewing it, renewing it, renewing it because there were no charges, never got round to reading it. And I thought, well, I better read it now because the book I finished last week, The House of a Hundred Whispers, which was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't well. I don't think it was a brilliantly written book. It was a page turner, but by the end of it, I just wanted to finish it. But it's from Southwark Library, so I figure that I'll read this as well, The Deep Life of the Pond, and I can return two books to Southwark Library and justify the the travel costs. I'm not a reader of nature books, but I've always been fascinated by ponds, hence having terrapins as a kid, creatures uh, that lived, you know, that could live on land and in water have always fascinated me. The blurb of the book... Great nature writing needs to be informative, detailed, accurate, lyrical, and above all, to instill a sense of gratitude and wonder. John Lewis Stemple succeeds in all these things triumphantly. From amorous toads to the eye-popping mating habits of water boatmen, a magical celebration of pond life by one of our finest, most evocative nature writers. Small bodies of water, both naturally formed and artificial, home to wondrous multitudinous, I've caught that up, multitudinous life forms. Ponds define our childhood. Frogs spawn, goldfish, feed in the ducks, but also our village life. I've lost my way now. Our farms, there we go, our landscape. And they are multi-layered, from carp circling the bottom to water boatmen, coot and bird uh, and birds, dragonflies overhead. In still water, John immerses himself in the murky depths, both literally and figuratively, to explore the still waters of the British countryside for each month of the year. It's an interesting book. I, I wanted to read something a bit more gripping, but Yesterday I thought, am I going to really start reading a second book when I've not completed this book yet? There's something about this book that has been a page turner and I just think it's that fascination I have with Pond. So I'm just committed to finishing it now and then I'll start on another book that is more in keeping with the kind of stuff that I read. And uh, the author talks about the disappearance of Ponds, particularly from the middle uh, middle of the 20th century and how many ponds we've lost over the years, how many have been landfilled and the cost to biodiversity of doing that, the state of some of our ponds. He's also in France. I don't know if he's got a second house out there and he's exploring French ponds. He comes to London uh, to the ponds on Wandsworth Common he talks about uh, a particular pond where, which is a very small pond, which I'll mention in my internet searches at the end of the show this week, uh, a pond that is famous for producing ridiculously large carp despite its smallness. What I found shocking about this book is that toads will actually shag anything. And I, I don't just mean other male toads. There's plenty of that in the animal kingdom. And it's 2021, as a certain bald man on the Surrey-Kent borders would say, I am a modern man, it doesn't matter. But Lewis Stemple talks of seeing toads humping other fish and stones. I mean, the fish thing is really troubling, you know, that, that interspecies thing. I'm not sure that that works. That was unsettling. Stones, well, you know, that's just maybe like some teenage kid whacking off in their room, humping some furniture, trying to take things a step further, you know, trying to bridge that gap while they wait to pop their cherry. It's a good book. It's a really enjoyable book. I think I'm I'm tempted to check out some of his other books. I don't know how many of them are, are out-and-out nature books, but I'd certainly be interested in reading any more aquatic books.
Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 357. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 Facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all the work at DanielRuizTyson.com. There are links on that uh, page uh, for PayPal and Coffee.com if you don't want to support the show via Patreon, but every now and then you, you might be willing to make a, a donation to the show via PayPal or Coffee.com. You can do that via DanielRuizTyson.com and uh, we transfer the latest Patreon episodes to you on the day. There is, of course, then the Patreon page that does keep the show alive. Thank you to all those who continue to support the show. Three Patreon bonus shows so far this last month. Patreon supporters have had over two hours of extra content in the last few weeks. That's patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Let me give you my nectar points. Just switching the light on. There we go. Right. I was in Sainsbury's quite a bit last week. So my previous points, uh, let me start again. My previous points balance was 371. Bought some semi-skim long life milk, uh, Lincolnshire Pro Milk Yogurt, £1.20. There's a deal on them at the moment. I'm hoping, hoping to get another one uh, today. Some mixed chili beans, a tin of mixed chili beans, some anti-back wipes for a pound some uh, shower gel single orange steak and kidney pie bit of an epiphany last week i realized by reading the instructions that you can microwave these so that saves me something on my heating bills and uh, i think i might have bought five fair trade i think it was five five fair trade bananas which came to 63p which for sainsbury's is decent there was one banana which I thought was a bit too big and I wanted to return it, but the guy putting out the bananas at Sainsbury's on Friday, he was being very particular about the way he was arranging the bananas and I thought if I return with a single banana and try to replace it for a smaller banana, he was going to be uh, frowning. It's the most chaotic section of any fruit section in a supermarket, the bananas, because people are breaking off bananas from bunches and the whole display becomes rather messy people as long as they get their bananas they don't care what state they've left the bananas in as long as they as long as they're okay so it does become quite messy there so my purchases came to six pounds eight pence earned six points on that new points balance three seven seven points are worth one pound 88 i've been saying in recent weeks i'm confident that i will make the 250 points barrier sorry the 500 points barrier what am i talking about yes it's 500 points isn't it which will be worth two pounds 50 by christmas i'm not sure that i am it's slowing down right now isn't it it's uh, not really making too many purchases one uh, one bright note from shopping last week my favorite cereal a nutty granola cereal is back on the little shelves. I actually went into little before the funeral. Uh, there was a little in Morden and I saw the cereal there. So I turned up to the funeral with uh, a box of cereal in my bag. And then I found the same cereal at Stockwell. So uh, Stockwell little. So there was obviously an issue with supplies. Okay, let me just check on the time for the poll. I think there's just a few minutes left. So I'll be able to give you a final result. There's two minutes left. So I'll give you the result at the end. I think I've got my answer for today in terms of uh, 
wearing the coat. Quite a busy week of Star Wars football last week. Um, after a quite few weeks, let me give you the scores. FA Cup last 16, Ord Montel, second division, Ord Montel 2, X-Wing 3. Uh, there were goals from uh, Ray Jawa and uh, Kylo Ren, who's got eight goals this season. Ray has got four. They don't normally play together, those two, up front. They tend to be competing against each other, but this was a rare opportunity to see what the pair of them could do as a, a partnership. There was uh, some big Star Wars news in the Patreon episode for Friday um, about uh, developments for next season. Uh, Takadan, Neil Hosnian Prime won the all-second division clash, completed uh, the last 16 of the FA Cup. There are a couple of replays to, to play involving Aldron and Rebels. But uh, and that meant that the draw was made for the FA Cup quarterfinal draw. So Empire are at home to Alderaan or Savarine. That replay likely to happen tomorrow. Lothu Minor, second division, are at home to league leaders Besbin, who are also in the League Cup semi-finals. Hosnian Prime, second division, they're at home to X-Wing. So good ties for the uh, second division sides that are confirmed as quarterfinalists and Rebels or second division Nat Huth will be at home to Tatooine. So Tatooine, if Rebels go through, that will be a, a derby for the holders as they bid to become the first team to win the FA Cup three seasons in a row. Meantime, the Europa League draw was made on Friday. Uh, the draw was Yavin 4 the EOS Prime, these uh, are two-legged matches. Moz Eisley, last season's beaten finalists, they take on Dagobah. Starkiller Base take on Death Star, the domestic representation this season. Umbara take on Acto. Three of those games have been played. Death Star opened their campaign at Starkiller Base, who were thought by many to be among the favourites. Starkiller Base were unbeaten in last season's Europa League game. They went out in the semi-final stages on away goals, but Death Star thumped them three goals to nil. It included a couple of goals, first two goals of the season for General Madine. Scrappy goals as well. He's not normally associated with those. Death Star Commander, the uh, signing from Hoth, had his best game for Death Star, yet he formed a central midfield partnership with Luke Besbin. There was uh, some grim news. 2-1B injury uh, broke his head. My knee, my left knee, crushed his head. This is a, an action figure that's been with me since the late, uh, so since the early eighties. But I had to stop the game, glue the head. Didn't, you know, I might need to get some glue. Thinking about it now, from Poundland, some some glue just to top up the injury, um, the surgery that I've carried out. He should be able to play again, but uh, it was uh, a rather grim moment but Death Star that's their best performance of the season a more offensive style and uh, quite a surprising win really but you won't see them taking their semi-final status for granted Starkiller Base did score five away from home in last season's Europa League so perhaps this isn't done by any means yet but you do fancy Death Star to go through Hard Swallow pulls away from the mic the next quarterfinal first leg saw Moz Eisley turn around a half-time deficit, a goal to nil. They trailed uh, Dagobah, but they came back with a goal from Endor solo and the tyres level at 1-1. Again, Moss Isley drew their first uh, their first leg of the quarterfinal last season, also at home 2-2, and they had to go through the hard way. 
And last night, Yavin 4 hotly tips to make a big impact. Flattered to deceive, they lost 3-1 at home to EOS Prime. It was 1-1 at halftime. EOS Prime uh, came through strongly to take a commanding lead. Hard to see Yavin 4 turning that around. Acto versus Umbara to play later tonight. Let's uh, take a walk down to the cafe. There was an NBA-related three-way conversation instigated by myself that went down well on Friday with the mullet and the beard. That's in episode 356 from Friday. Wednesday 27th, I arrived in the morning. It was a bit cold out there, so the cafe was quite busy. I had to sit again by the door, this time one table away. It had been part of a four-seater. Phil Collins pulled the table away. I'm so not used to sitting there that I was discombobulated. And I'm just not used to seeing the cafe in that way from those angles. And I completely missed that early Jim Rosenthal was sat with a friend at the table less than half a metre away, the table nearest the door. My table was quite wobbly too. I finally got a greeting with early Jim because I'd I'd realised eventually, oh, it's early Jim and I haven't greeted him. He's probably seen me and thought, oh, maybe I'm a bit rude. But I gave him the greeting. Not Mick and the Algerian were at not Mick's table, but they soon vacated and I asked Phil Collins if I could jump on there. She cleaned it first and then I did jump on there. I scrutinised the back of not Mick's jeans as he left as I would be sitting in his chair. They were quite scruffy, not as stained as I anticipated. And anyway, I told myself I sit on public transport. There's probably shabbier guys than not Mick on there. I can suffer this. Similarly, on Thursday the 28th, I arrived around 11.22 hours. I was sat at the central table, no wall. Don't really like sitting there, too public. And, you know, I like a wall on one side. Not Mick, vacated his table. I waited for it to be cleaned. I asked Phil Collins if I could jump on there. She said, all right, but didn't clean it. So this time I kept my bag on my lap. I squeezed some hand gel onto a napkin that I'd got from the table, one of the napkin holders on the table, and covertly cleaned it. And I think that's something I'll do from now on. In fact, thinking about it now, what I'm actually going to do, I'm going to pack an antibacterial wipe and a sandwich bag today in case I need to do that again. Because obviously these guys, they are doing their best to to clean tables after people have gone. But there's going to be times when they just forget about it or too busy to do it. So it's an idea for me to do it. Also, not Mick, he's a generous tip. He leaves a pound every time and that pound coin was on the table, and you know me, I don't like touching money, so uh, that just uh, reinforced my desire, my need to clean it before I could crack on with my work. Phil Collins has added to her tattoo recently. Um, She has something on the, I think it's the left, just above the left wrist on the inner forearm. She's added to it recently. I suppose any tattoos these days that aren't tattoo sleeves, which I I think are just overwhelming visually, uh, you know, you think, well, that's actually quite refreshing to see. It's not an overkill. Three Loud Brothers, all Jim Bunnies. One originally the waiter who used to touch my highlighted crest in the early noughties. Hey, what can I say? I was grieving. It makes you do silly things. He was in there with his son and his two brothers. I've never worked out who's the oldest out of the three. They all look roughly the same age, unusually for the Portuguese. Two of them, I know at least, don't smoke. They're all big Porto supporters. They always talk loud, particularly... Uh, the one of the trio who, if you had to say, okay, one of them is a bum, it's that guy. He just, I'd never see him doing anything. I don't even see him going into a gym. I don't know when he goes into a gym. Maybe he's just naturally built like that. One of their um, 
he's the playboy in the group. One of the sons of these brothers is in his early teens or about to hit them and enjoys a coffee. I like seeing that. I like seeing young kids getting into their hot drinks, you know. Reminds me of uh, reminds me of myself. Seb K is now fanning around with the tricolours too. Seb K is a, a better than Mr. Tricolour behind the counter who seems to think he's a genius with his weak coffees. But even you know, even with Seb K's, I've had to adopt a more vigorous tall spoon stirring style because the coffees, when arriving within the tricolour setup, are just a little too weak. They really are, and also there's too much froth. On Friday, 29th of October, midday-ish, I found myself throwing a forlorn look at the space where the toilet table sat for 19 years. It's now occupied by a large plant. All those hours I wrote there, all those hours with exes sat there, all those breakfasts, all those evenings with Lopez and his umbrella on the back of the chair. Will this virus ever be conquered? I wondered as I was looking over at the... Uh, that space where the toilet table used to sit. And will then someone in the cafe, will someone in the cafe decide it's safe enough to bring the greatest toilet table in the world back? Will I still be around for that? I'm not sure I will the way things are going, but, you know, a man can dream, right? In echoes of the pre-pandemic era, someone wrecked the cafe loose. The wafting swing saloon doors soon helped facilitate the stench's emergence into the cafe area ruining the final breakfasts of the day. At least COVID has no smell, or as we know, takes your sense of smell away. If we beat this virus, I wouldn't mind carrying that no smell aspect of the virus over, just for the cafe. You know, if you could turn it on just for a couple of hours a day, for me, it would be going into the cafe. No sense of smell. I don't need my smell in this place. Protect myself from such 1858 great stuff stink tribute acts that the cafe specializes in if the sewage system hadn't been created by joseph bazalgette i believe as a result of someone sitting in the cafe during such an outbreak that they would have been prompted to create the sewer system i really do believe that they'd have devoted their life to it they'd have probably put undue pressure on the marriage telling their partner, I have to do this for the people. I'm sorry. She's standing at the door with a suitcase, two small kids. She's leaving. She's going back to her mum's. But this guy's determined to carry out this sewer system work. And it would all be because of the cafe. This week's internet searches, before I go more from the cafe next week, uh, internet searches this week at Speaker's Corner. That's a regular fixture for me. Whitechapel Murder's another regular. The Rise of the Romans. Why did the Romans destroy the Druids? Chris Lowe, stop modernists. Build your own pond. Richard Walker, angler. Redmire Pool, that's the small pool that produces uh, an inordinate number of massive carp. I think the record, the, the two current records or the two top records for the largest carp both come from Redmire Pool. I'm not sure where it is. But I was watching uh, something on YouTube on Red Meyer Pool. Uh, 90s underground hip-hop. The Attack on Emily Smith, 1892, Whitechapel. Tight fit, lineup change, 1982. Did you hear that? Virus and threat protection? Why did that come up? Why did Jay Aston leave? Bucks Fizz. Get your internet searches into me. DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk. Let me check the final score of the uh, Twitter poll today. 
Right, I've got a notification here. I think it's just confirming the results. It was, uh, no, it's not cold enough. That's uh, 1 by 72.2% to 27.8%. So there is no winter coat for me today. The poll received 18 votes. That's decent going by my standards. And if I can get 18 listeners to this week's show and emulate that poll, I mean, I'll be uh, surprised. And that is it. That's the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. <laughs> <laughs>